Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Ephesians and from the Gospel of John, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you may be seated. We're going to talk a little bit about opposites today. Not because opposites attract, but because God's word brings them up from time to time, as we see in some of our scripture readings for this day. So let me begin by saying, I've been thinking quite a bit about life recently. That might not come as a surprise, as recently we had our third child born into this world. Even though that life officially began over nine months ago, up until last week, we hadn't been able to hold and touch and snuggle and kiss that little child. And I don't know if this has happened for any of your children, but after Jonah was born, the doctors and the nurses all said, Happy birthday! Because it was the day of his birth. Yet as new life enters into this world, as Jonah had his birthday, I can't help but think of all of the lives that never saw the light of day. All those children that never made it to their birthday, whether it was miscarriage or stillbirth or abortion or something else. Because as we think about life, we know that the opposite of life is death. And as we were talking to some of my family after Jonah was born, I remember my sister-in-law being so happy that we had Jonah. And she was also commenting on how just as life begins, life also comes to an end as well. And it really touched home with her because she was getting ready to put her mom into palliative care. So she got this great news from us about Jonah being born, but also was wrestling with having to see her mom get closer and closer to her death. And it doesn't mean that life and death always go together, that when one life is born, another dies— but they certainly are connected because when life comes to an end, there is death. And there are around 370,000 children born every year in Canada. And around 300,000 people pass away each year. I've also been thinking about life because of life that is found in God's word. As you heard in the gospel reading today, Jesus is teaching some things that are hard to understand. He tells the people, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And then he goes on to say, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, to anyone back then hearing this, this might not make any sense at all. And you see the response from the people. Many of them who are following Jesus at this time say that it is a hard thing for them to understand. It's a hard teaching. And in the end, many of them stop following Jesus altogether. Now, for those of us who are on the other side of Monday, Thursday, we can see Jesus institute the Lord's Supper we can see that the bread that he breaks is his body. We can see that the cup of wine that is poured out is his blood. That doesn't mean we fully understand how it works. Again, it is a hard thing to understand. But it is faith 
that believes the words of Jesus to be true. And Jesus, when he originally said these words in John 6, knew that the only way that these people who were following him were going to continue to follow him was if they believed in him. And he told them, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. The flesh is no help at all. Because the flesh is sinful. The flesh is opposed to God. The flesh is a, does not want to understand the words and the teachings of Christ. The flesh wants to continue in unbelief. The flesh wants to continue in, life, in its life of sin. The flesh wants nothing to do with Christ. The flesh wants to walk away and not follow. And this is what we're all up against. We all have a sinful nature, that sinful flesh that we are all born with. And the flesh only brings death. Because with our sinful selves, the only thing that we are worthy or deserving of is punishment. Our sin leads to pain and suffering. Our sin leads to death. It leads to an eternity in hell. The opposite of our flesh, as we see Jesus tell us, is the spirit. Whereas sin gives death, the spirit gives life. And the spirit gives us the gift of faith. The spirit is the reason that any of us are able to believe in Jesus. To believe that Jesus is our Savior, the perfect Son of God, the Lamb of God who voluntarily gave up his life for us on the cross. Jesus took our pain and our suffering and our punishment, our death, and our hell in order to give us life. And not life on this earth, but eternal life in heaven. A life with no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. Because in Christ's resurrection from the dead, he has defeated death. He has defeated hell and Satan once and for all. And he has opened the door to heaven for eternal life, for all who believe in him. And faith, believing, comes from the Spirit, which is why he says the Spirit gives life. And we saw that today with Willow's baptism. This morning, Willow came in just like the rest of us, a sinner, a child with sinful flesh, a child who was sinful from the time she was conceived. She was born into sin. And as hard as it might seem to think and see and believe it, this little child is deserving of nothing but death and hell. But this morning, she was given new life. New life in the waters of baptism. As the word of God is joined with the water, that sinful flesh that we call the old Adam was drowned in these waters of baptism. And the new man or new woman, that new child rises out of these waters to newness of life. 
Because in baptism, the Spirit is at work. And the Spirit gives life. And so today in baptism, we saw Willow go from death to life. Or as Paul describes it in Ephesians, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light of the world. You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Willow has been brought from death to life, from darkness to light. And with the Holy Spirit at work in her, she can walk as a child of light. For all of us who are baptized, Willow's baptism is a reminder of our own baptism. Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Marked as ones redeemed by Christ the crucified with the sign of the cross upon our foreheads and upon our heart. Where the old Adam was drowned and that new man rose to newness in life. Where the Holy Spirit worked in us, faith in us to take those words of Christ, those words of eternal life, the gospel, the good news, of Jesus and apply them to ourselves, where we went from death to life, from darkness to light. And now, by daily contrition and repentance, we drown that old Adam and we walk as children of light because it's still there. We'll never get rid of our sinful flesh, not until we leave this earth. And that's why the call to follow Jesus is one that lasts for our entire lives. And so when we go back to the gospel reading from John, every day we are faced with the same question the disciples were given by Jesus. When so many followers of Christ were turning away from him in unbelief, walking away, Jesus turned to those 12, those original disciples that he had called individually to come and follow him. He said, do you want to go away as well? which is Jesus essentially showing them two doors. The one he called them to walk through, to leave everything behind, their family, their friends, their jobs, and follow him. Or to walk through the other door, to go back to their old life and leave him behind. It's the same for us. Every day we are faced with commitments, with obstacles, with circumstances, with temptation, with sin that want to draw us away from Christ, that want to make us stop following him, to stop believing in him. The devil may have been defeated, but he is still doing everything that he can to bring as many people to hell with him as he is able. And he may be working in your life in ways that you don't know or you can't see. An easy temptation, an example I'll give you is this. Hey, this is Satan talking. Hey, you don't need to return to physical church because this last year and a half that you've been worshiping online is fine. You don't need to return to physical church. You can just stay in your house, on your couch, in your bed, on your own. So what? You can't come and receive the Lord's Supper. I mean, you've been without it this long. You don't really need it because it's faith that saves you anyway, even if the Lord's Supper does give you the forgiveness of sins and strengthens your faith. And you don't need to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ because, well, you still need to keep yourself safe, 
even though the Bible does say that the church is a body and you're just a part of it, not that that's really true because, you know, you are your own body uh, and you are the head, not Christ. He's not the head. And that can easily turn into Satan continuing on and saying, you're your own body, which means you can make up your own rules and you don't need God controlling your life. You don't need the church at all, in fact, because you've been doing just fine on your own in the last year. And I think that means you don't need God. And if you remember last week, this is a classic case of misunderstanding that God is the owner and we are the stewards. Satan wants you to believe that you are the owner and you are the stewards. And this is why so many people stop following Christ. Because they don't want an owner in their life. They want to be their owner. They don't want God to be the owner and make the rules Set the, set the standard. They want to do that themselves. And so as long as we are on this earth, we will always be battling the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. So thanks be to God that he has given us his spirit and he has given us Christ. And we see the spirit at work in Peter who responds to Jesus' question with, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus says, do you want to go away as well? And Peter says, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Not the world, not the devil, not ourselves, not our sinful flesh. Jesus has the words of eternal life. And that's because Jesus is the opposite of darkness and death. He is life and he is light. Just listen to the beginning of John's gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This life that we're all living is a hard one. It's not easy to be a Jesus follower when we have the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh trying to lead us astray all the time. But we have the Spirit working in us from the moment of baptism because the Spirit is life. The Spirit is working in us to lead us in the way of eternal life, the way of Christ. Christ who is the Word made flesh, who is life, and has overcome our sin and our darkness by his death and resurrection, because he is light. And he clothes us with his death and resurrection in baptism, gives us the forgiveness of our sins and the assurance of our salvation, which has been gifted to us by faith through the Spirit. And Christ, the living bread that came down from heaven, gives us his body and blood in the bread and the wine in his supper for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. Yes, this life is hard. There is pain and there is suffering, 
and there is darkness, and there is death. But Christ is life, and he is light. And light always overcomes darkness. And life always overcomes death. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.